I would say learn mechanical and electrical, you know, at least the basics of it, you know, learn how to turn a wrench, learn, learn how to fix a wire that rubbed through, how to change a light on your own, you know, all that little stuff, learn how to change a fuel filter if you're gelled up on the side of the road um, in the winter time, get some, some mechanical idea because it is very expensive to have things worked on. A few of those words to truck buy for anyone thinking of going out and buying that first truck to haul as an owner-operator. They came from the multi-million safe mile owner-op Brian Smith, this past uh, year's grand prize winner in the Owner-Operator of the Year program, Overdrive partners with the Truckload Carriers Association to produce. Smith walked away with 25 grand after the big win this past October, and you can read more about the owner in a feature profile published last week at overdriveonline.com. Just search his name. Brian Smith at the website. That's Brian with a Y. Alternately, just hang in with me through the rest of this podcast as we're going to hear much more from Smith about his one-truck business, leased to Tucker Freight Lines. That's the former Art Pape transfer fleet. Sold to the Tucker family a few years back and on a big growth spurt after decades well below 100 trucks. I'm Todd Dills, your host for this edition of Overdrive Radio, and owner operator Smith and I here talked about that growth. It is quite stable place within it these last years, though not without some adjustments on his part. There are a lot of new people to get acquainted with in the back office and on the road, for sure, he said. When we talked, though, he was under a pretty typical load on his way to the Port of Baltimore with a low-profile step deck. We do tend to go out east a lot. Um, like I'm going out the, the port, port of Baltimore. Okay. Um, we end up taking a lot of tractors out there to ship overseas, and then we pick up the... the overseas made tractors and take them off to dealers uh the ones we bring out there are usually oversized this is just a big john deere uh it's about 11 and a half wide a little bit tall too but right. not not extremely big but good sized do you own the trailer that you're running i do not own the trailer i just own the tractor and okay. a very variety of trailers right now i have a i guess what It'd be a low profile uh, step deck. Um, we also do a lot of RGNs and some regular flatbeds, you know, straight flatbeds. Well, this one's not a double drop. It's just okay. a single drop. But it's got the tiny little tires on there as opposed to a regular step deck, which would have a little bit bigger tires. So I think they're 17 inch rims instead of the 22.5. Owner operator of the year, Brian Smith, and I were talking just after the new year. When I asked him whether 2021 had beat his 2020 pandemic year in terms of net income, that year, uh, 2020, of course, he had his very best net income year on record. Anyway, when I asked him about 2021, here's what he said. I mean, I got to say, I haven't added everything up for my taxes yet, but I have a feeling it is going to be a little bit higher than even last year was. A week or so after the conversation, Smith reported that on the revenue side, he did, in fact, bring in more in 2021. Cost increases we've all dealt with this past year were such that net income was slightly lower, in fact. The eventuality he had at least somewhat expected. Short-handed facilities along all of his routes, from truck stop restaurants to docks and ports, have continued to present a challenge. 
But he said generally issues have been kept to a minimum when it comes to getting heavy equipment on and off the trailer. Before we dive into that topic, as well as Smith's history, his solid net income performance these last two topsy-turvy years, his musical talents and martial arts instruction back at home in the Dubuque, Iowa area, and so much more, here's a word from Overdrive Radio's sponsor. First Guard provides commercial truck insurance to leased owner operators done right. As we've done for more than 80 years, we provide physical damage and non-trucking. Many companies make you pay up to six months of insurance premiums up front, but not First Guard. We bill monthly, so you get quality insurance without needing to pay a lot of cash up front. Go to firstguard.com. That's one guardcom First Guard. We speak trucker. Let's talk. Um, but things haven't been too bad uh, getting loaded right. at various places. Um, a lot of these that we take out to Baltimore to the port, we actually unload those ourselves, which is fine. You know, it's just driving it on, driving it off. Have you learned familiarity with that uh, that kind of equipment uh, in your time at uh, Art Pay Truck 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 Freight Lines, or uh, or do you come from do you come from a farming background, Brian? You know, I'm from Iowa. I've helped out on farms. I've, you know, worked here and there, odd job type things on farms. Um, but probably more so, I was a heavy equipment operator in the Marine Corps. Uh-huh. And that, that would be where I learned um, a lot more of the, like the dozers, the graders, the cranes, uh, right. and loaders, things like that. Um, and things have changed, you know, dramatically since then, but uh, it's, it's easy to figure out on most of these. Uh, sometimes they'll come out with something new, some new way of shifting, get, getting things into gear, and it takes you a little while, and you might even have to look it up online to see how to operate, whatever it is. A regular farm tractor isn't difficult, but, but some of the stuff you get into can, can be kind of a mess. Some of the bigger stuff, I imagine, um, or the more specialized Certainly my um, heavy equipment experience in the Marine Corps has um, certainly helped me, especially on some of the, uh, like I said, the dozers, excavators, things like that, Um, that maybe just jumping from the truck into that, it might uh, be a little bit uh, difficult at times just to figure out how things move. That Marine Corps experience was incurred in the Gulf War era stationed for parts of it in the Middle East, and it wasn't until owner-operator Smith was back stateside that he went on to pursue a commercial driver's license and his first trucking job. The way I started, I went to a community college, went to truck driving school. Uh, Even then, of course, it's limited as to where you can go, and Schneider was one of the big carriers that were hiring at the time. So I went there. Um, I did leave there, you know, after a little while. not not saying anything bad about them. I just wanted to get home a little more and the right. art tape at the time and what's now Tucker is right there in my hometown and that uh, kind of more of a liberal uh, home time policy. Whenever you really need time, you just tell them, hey, I need time. And right. I started there too as a company driver. And then after about a year and a half or so, I bought my own truck, leased on there. My first truck, it was a used Martin company truck. It was a Freightliner FLD 120, I believe. That was kind of a, it was used at the time. I kept that one for about a year, year and a half. And then I bought my first brand new truck. And then I bought an international 
It was a 9400, I believe. And then I bought another one after that, a new international, I spec ordered. And then I went and uh, bought the Peterbilt. And I have the Freightliner now, again. That's Smith's 2016 Freightliner Coronado he's talking about there, specifically. This is my fifth truck, and I'm looking at another one here. Okay. And I know that that subject also came up before. Um, I know that trade-in prices are really high, but new truck prices are extremely high, and just getting a new truck is turning out to be a little more difficult than it has been in the past. Yeah. So um, my, my truck here is still running good. It's in good shape, so I might keep it for a little bit longer, I guess. Yeah, I mean, have you have you actually talked to some dealers and for, uh, about about a new one in recent uh, times here? Because I know you had said that uh, in, in our previous reporting that you were thinking about making a switch uh, after winter was done. Yeah, that, that's still kind of my plan for this winter. Um, right. That was my plan last winter, actually. I was, last right, winter, right. I was going right. to do that. Um, right. I ended up not doing that because when the new prices skyrocket, you know, they went up north of two hundred thousand for what I'd like. Um, right. You know, even with a good trade in, you know, you're still still going to have a rough time with that. Um, but yeah, I've also been talking with the company, and I think most likely now I might get a build spot when the when Tucker. Um, I want uh, maybe I shouldn't say that guaranteed or anything, but it sounds like I could just buy one through them and get one a little quicker and they I could still spec order to a point, you know. You might not get all the all the things you want, but most of them. Correct. What's the what's the ideal move here? Well, I mean the things I look for in trucks, of course I'm on the flatbed side. So room for tarp boxes, room for the headache rack on the back. Of course I always like, you know, a nicer interior and not looking to get it automatic, so I still want to stick with the manuals. Right. At least right now, I have driven an automatic just for a day, but I imagine I get used to it. But for right now, I just prefer the manual because because I've been doing that for you know thirty years. Good amount of horsepower is always nice. Not uh, not committed to any particular brand or or uh, model or anything. Yeah. I'm not. Uh, I was very close to trying to, I was trying to get one of those Western star 5,700s actually. Um, but then they stopped making those or they will right. stop making those. So unless I bought a used one, I'm not going to get one of those. We'll see what they replace that with. My Western star 49 was, that was a possibility. I could buy one of those right now through the company. Um, I'd probably get a pretty decent deal on it. Uh, I might go to Kenworth next. I haven't had a Kenworth yet. Peterbilt, I suppose, is very close, but the Kenworth, that might be what I look at uh, on this next one. But not, not, not totally sure yet. You know, Art Pape, Tucker Freight Lines now, has been a, has been a big part of, of your career, obviously. You've, you've been with them now for, for the vast majority of it, um, at least on. And um, I was just wondering if you could speak to uh, what what that company was like when you started there, and how it has evolved over the years, and how how you've evolved, I guess, with 
with them uh, if, if that's been the case um, and, you know, just how the relationship has changed, if it has, and, you know, um, and how you've, how you've kind of managed that over the years. Thinking that the company was around 60 trucks or so when I started, they stayed pretty small. It was a, it was a family run business. Kind of the founder, the founder wasn't there anymore, but his sons were running it. He had three sons running it. And eventually two of those retired. And then the third one was about to retire, passing it on to his sons. Uh, but I've known the family, you know, now for, since we started it, you know, it's family run business and you, with only 60 people and right. been around there a long time. I've been kind of close with the family. Um, in fact, I'm still in touch with, you know, some of them uh, and Tucker seems to be about the same way. You know, it's another family. So the, the relationship is there already as far as that goes. And, you know, I've never really had any problems or anything with the people in the office, you know, even outside the family, the other people in the office, they all seem to treat people pretty decent. Uh, right. And the new company, the new guys coming in are all very similar in that way. We brought in a lot of new technology. Now there has been a lot of changes since the since the new place took over. When did that fact, shift happen, Ryan? Must have been two or three years ago. It was before COVID, probably a year before that. Been pretty recent, you know, right? Generally, yeah. So it has been pretty recent. And like with any change, you know, I was, I was ready, and I suppose I'm ready now. I could leave, you know, whenever I want. I suppose and work at most other places. I suppose is what I'm guessing, anyway. But I, I still like it there. They're in town. I can park my truck down there. In the in the way that everything works for you there, not a whole lot has has changed fundamentally, uh, with the exception of some of the new technology that you mentioned. So especially on us on us owner operators down there, we're very similar to what we were doing. I imagine on the company driver side, you know, they've gotten. The new guys coming in, they've bought a lot of big new trucks, uh, real nice stuff, wow. a lot of new equipment. Um, and then the place is just growing. I don't even know most of the people in the office anymore or most of the drivers anymore. I used right. to, you know, know a lot of the long-term drivers anyway. You know, there's always been that kind of in and out of the, the short-term guys. And it is getting to the point now where I don't, I don't know a lot of people in the office. You know, Tucker, you know, we started out with 60 trucks and then it probably dropped down from there in the thirties, forties or something. And now with the new guys, they've come in and they've really grown the company too. Plus they bought out two other companies and kind of added them into the fold. So it, it, it's getting pretty big. In terms of the owner operator program, they are, are they, are they expanding that as well? Or is it a lot of company, uh, company equipment that they're, focusing on i think they focus more on the company equipment but they do definitely do a uh, owner operator program and they're from what i understand they have a good lease purchase program that's not something i would do myself even if i bought one through the company i would probably just buy it and not lease it through them but i understand that they have a very good program for that so yeah they're they're pushing both i suppose has it worked for you over the years in terms of the kind of compensation structure? Are you are you working on a percentage uh, percentage of load type basis, or I'm working on a percentage. Always been that way. It's always been that way since I've been there. Well, yeah. I shouldn't say that. I shouldn't say that. Um, 
when I first became an owner operator on the van side, I was at a owner operator miles pay. So instead of getting the company driver who was making whatever it was, 30 cent, I don't know what it was at the time. Right. Um, the owner operators made more, plus you get right. any fuel surcharges or anything like that would go to the driver. Right. Um, but for a long time now, well, that was probably just a few years I was on that and then just went to straight percentage. So gotcha. when I'm making more, it's because the freight rates went up. Which is what, kind of what's going on right now, right? <laughs> yeah, that's pretty much what's going on now. That's why I'm doing a little better there. Now, when, when all the other costs are going up, um, that's why I'll have to go through yeah. all my tax receipts here and uh, see how much more I paid for, you know, oil or yeah, right. repairs. Yeah, it's a, it's a big deal, isn't it? Oh, yeah. Um, it's, uh, everything's going up, cost and, cost and revenue side. So it's uh, oh, yeah. how it shakes out is, I imagine a lot of people are thinking the same thing, right, this time of the year. <laughs> Like what's gonna what's it gonna look like? I don't know exactly. Yeah, you know, in terms of in terms of how you guys operate there, um, are you are you working uh, with a central kind of dispatch team um, for your loads? Well, they have the van side dispatch, and then they have open deck dispatch. And yeah. um, on the open deck, they have different groups of drivers, which basically came from the different companies. Okay. So I'm still with the old, you know, the art tape side of things. So I've known that the dispatcher there actually was a driver for a long time. Had okay. like 2 million miles there um, on the open deck at tape. That's Tucker Freight Lines Dubuque open deck manager and former owner operator Bob Schmidt Smith is talking about there. And then he became a dispatcher with the new, uh, new ownership there. So he and actually... Um, Jordan Pape, which was, he was vice president, I guess, of Art Pape Transfer. He's still there and working with the open deck, or at least was off and on. He's also doing uh, vehicle uh, purchases and stuff like that. So I'm working with the same people all the time, and they offer me a load. I could turn things down, I suppose, if I wanted to. But for the most part, I just go along with what they ask me to do. And I can tell them, hey, I need this day off, this day off. And they work real hard to get that done, right. or if I have to get somewhere. So, yeah, we deal with, I guess, a number of customers, but a number, um, some of our larger ones, we kind of have a pretty good idea of what we're going to end up doing for the week. Like if we take this tractor out to Baltimore, we know that we'll come back, you know, load it up with something that'll get us home for the next weekend. If you're doing runs like this, you're getting home. For the most part, you're going to, I would get home every week. If all they have is short runs, because we do a lot of, uh, like on our John Deere accounts, we do end up going to just uh, dealerships with the new stuff. So that might just be Midwest and you might get home, you know, two or three times during the week. So, right. and then there's a, that whole group of drivers who just do local and regional also. And then uh, I guess that they have a group of drivers that say, we don't care when we get home. We want to make as much as possible. I'm kind of a family man. So I like to get home. And that maybe limits my income a little bit, I suppose, but, you know, getting old, I don't want to miss life. Yeah. Drive forever. Totally. And you're pretty, you're really active back at home, right? Like you, I know you, you mentioned doing a lot of music uh, stuff with the, with the church. Is that right? And then we martial do. arts training as well. Like you're an instructor yes. for that. Yes. 
tell me a little bit more about those about those two things. On the church side, um, yes, I'm quite involved with the church. And that would be Tri-State Community Church in Dubuque, Iowa. So I, I was doing music every week there for a while. Um, that was kind of boiled down to every third week or so, trying to get some other people involved with that. Um, Are you like the choir uh, director, or, or what, what exactly were you doing there? Well, we call it choir. It's really kind of a band, I suppose. Okay. I, I play the guitar in it. Uh, we have a piano player and a drummer. Okay. Um, more of a modern worship band type thing. So we do that. Um, I'm often involved with other, any kind of Veterans Day, Memorial Day stuff. I'm usually involved in the planning of, if I'm not doing something myself for those. Um, we usually have a Christmas program. I know we just did a, uh, a Christmas night uh, musical thing. Okay. Almost a variety show type of thing where we let anyone come in and come up and sing a Christmas song and things like that. Right. So I've been involved with that for a long time, plus uh, mowing of grass. So and I'm not just up on stage, you know, and trying to be somebody and, right. you know, I get out there, do whatever else needs to be done, mow the grass, uh, shovel on snowy days if I'm around. And then uh, martial arts, I've been doing that for a while. You know, started out actually with my kids, um, okay. and we kind of went through that for a few years, and I just stuck around there for a while. So we do uh, uh, Taekwondo, Kaju Kempo, the third Dan black belt there. Uh, I teach when, when I need it, you know, when they need me, or like if I get there during the week, or Saturdays, I used to be teaching a lot on Saturday mornings. At Springer's Martial Arts Academy, also in Dubuque. Because I'm usually getting back like Saturdays and Sundays. I, would, I wouldn't leave till Sunday afternoon usually. Get back right. on Friday night. So um, that's kind of been cut back some with the COVID stuff. Um, we did a few online uh, classes with that. Right. Um, but if I'm back like during the week, I'll go in and maybe help out with the... Uh, with the classes. Uh, we've done some self-defense classes too for, it's kind of geared toward women's self-defense, but you know, we let guys in there too, which would be not, not so much the, the same as a regular Taekwondo class where you're getting in stances and doing the right kicks. That'd be more the, you know, escaping the grabs and almost the grappling type stuff, arm twisting, things like that. Do you do, do you do a lot of that uh, when you're on the road? That strikes me as like a, an exercise possibility, like uh, in the cab of the truck, right? Oh, um, yes, yes. In some some respects, right? Oh, yeah. You go through some of the movements out here. Um, yeah. Kind of a strange thing when I'm in the showers at the truck stop. I'll usually go through some of the forms or some of the moves I need to learn. <laughs> Besides doing push-ups, I do a lot of push-ups. Okay. Um, it's kind of a, a ritual thing. Uh, like if I'm going into the truck stop to take a shower, do usually uh, a four set, uh, three sets of push-ups and one of dips, do my stretching and stuff. Mm -hmm. Of course, there's all the book learning here. Um, I'll show you something here. Brian Smith and I were talking over a Zoom video conference and here he pulled out a book in which Smith and another instructor are pictured to illustrate a variety of Taekwondo moves and poses. 
You can see an example of one of these pages in the feature story that ran last week at overdriveonline.com. Again, search Brian. That's with a Y, of course. Smith. Yukito is what I started out with. Kind of switched to the Taekwondo here. Well, like, if I need to learn, like, the new black belt form, if I want to get my fourth Dan, I got to learn things like this. And uh, so I can go through all that. Okay, all right. And, of course, um, I have to pose for pictures as we're making these at the school as far as some of the uh, some of the moves that we do, you know, kind of go through them. So those, those books are produced by the folks at the school that you work for? These are, yes. You know, in terms of, you know, you think back over the, over the challenges that you've seen and the changes you've seen over the last 30 years or so, if you had to, if you had to name one or an area of, of several that, that maybe presented the most difficult challenge for you and how you, uh, you know, what was that and how did you end up working through it in terms of your trucking career? I mean, I got to say, probably one of the harder things is just being away from home, of course. Because I did get married while I was a truck driver, and I, you know, because that happened and, after you, after you started, yeah, okay, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. When was that? When did you guys? When did you guys get married? Well, I got married in '95. Okay, I would have started driving in '91. Right. And then in '99, we had our first daughter, and then we right. had a couple since then. So I, I did miss a lot of their lives. Um, I was able to take off time you know, for special events, but I, admittedly, I missed a lot of it. And uh, I guess we still have one at home. We have one in college and one graduated college, married and, and gone away. Those daughters would be Vivian, Bethany, and Emily Bostic, respectively. The last married to First Fleet driver Austin Bostic today. I took after her mother, I guess. <laughs> Brian's wife's name is Martha. She's a successful eye doctor today. She was still in college when I married her. Okay. She had a long time there. Yeah, so we've been married since 95. How'd you uh, guys meet? Uh, through mutual friends. Kind of set up. Set up on a date, sort of. So mutual friends introduced us. You know, what's what's next for you? Um, other than uh, plans to possibly uh, get into another truck, how, uh, how long do you feel like uh your career is going to continue uh, in in the current form and uh, what's what's the plan for you next and also after that piece of advice for uh those coming up behind you you know you've you've sort of reached uh something of a pinnacle here with this uh, owner operator of the year win and um folks that are coming along buying trucks uh, running their own business essentially by themselves with uh, partners, whether it's carriers or uh, brokers or shipper customers that they're working with. Now, what's the best piece of advice that you have for those guys? So two questions there. Um, and I think that ought to take us out to the end, Brian. Let's see what's next for me. I suppose um, I have talked to my wife about, you know, we're looking at possibilities of either doing more local type stuff, getting home more, or even switching to almost part-time. I think that's a possibility with her. Um, she probably makes a fairly uh, a very good income uh, doing what she does. Yeah, she does. She makes a good income. You know, we don't have debts. Um, right. So I'm not, it's not necessary, I suppose, for me to be out here full time. Right. We kind of like it. And, you know, the money's certainly handy. Yep. Um, 
thinking about retiring early anyway, even if I stick with this, stick it out. Right. I don't know. Those are all just kind of plans up in the air. Maybe I'll wait till all the kids move out and then stay at home like I should have right. when they were there. <laughs> so, as far as advice for owner operators coming up, though, if I was going to talk to someone who's thinking about becoming an owner operator, I guess, first of all, I would say drive a company truck first, learn the industry, learn trucks, and then get an idea of what you want to do before you get yourself into you know large amounts of debt and right. the risk involved with that. Check all your expenses, you know, health insurance and things like that can be very expensive on your own. Um, all the other benefits that might come with being a company driver that you would not get as an owner operator, right. um, even workman's comp or something, you know, what, what if something did happen to you? Could you pay for that truck payment if you got injured, you know, for the next month or two, I would say learn mechanical and electrical, you know, at least the basics of it, you know, learn how to turn a wrench, learn, learn how to fix a wire that rubbed through, how to change a light on your own, you know, all that little stuff. Learn how to change a fuel filter if you're gelled up on the side of the road um, in the wintertime. Get some some mechanical idea because it is very expensive to have things worked on. And if it's something that's easy that you could have done yourself, you know, you, you could save hundred some hundred plus dollars an hour of labor cost doing it yourself. Um, and that's that's only been getting uh, getting uh, more and more expensive for sure in recent times, right? Oh yeah, yeah. I would say, at least in my opinion and my experience, I would rather work with a reputable company like Least On than I would deal with like random brokers and things like that. Now, if you found good brokers and you could do it by yourself, that's fine. Or, or if you better yet find it, if you wanted to just go out on your own, get your own authority, if you could find at least a main customer that's willing to give you a steady, at least one way route. And then, uh, you know, if you, even if you had to take random stuff back, um, that would be the way to do that. But to just strike out and say, I'll just find whatever load is out there from whoever has it, you know, you may or may not get paid. If you want to do something specialized, like the big oversized, the heavy haul, the um, mm-hmm. hazard, hazardous materials, stuff like that, I would say, get some experience in that first right don't just strike out with your hazmat tanker and think that you're gonna you know figure it out as you go here's a big thanks to owner operator of the year brian smith for the benefit of his time and experience read more about his operation via overdriveonline.com search brian smith brian with a y overdrive radio is a production of overdrive the voice of the american trucker it's edited and produced by myself Todd Dills, with no small amount of support from Overdrive Extra contributor and Muller trucking hauler, Paul Marhofer, Overdrive's social media coordinator, Holly Young, news editor, Matt Cole, and executive editor, Alex Lockie. Until next time, keep it pro out there.